This is X-Rated. I'm Matt Fisher. I'm Ryan Whedon. Uh, thank you for listening. So I've been thinking of ways to promote the podcast. Okay. Uh, my number, my most liked plan uh, is that I want to, we sh- I think we should come up with a very prestigious podcast award circuit. <laughs> uh and award ourselves best podcast first, <laughs> but not not right away. Okay, we need to give it to like, you know, uh, a big famous podcast. And right, what we need to do is, is like have it come with a grant. Okay, uh, and like on the condition that like we'll reimburse you once you spend money promote or like building your podcast up. Okay, you know. Uh, uh, an endowment of sorts. Okay. Uh, and then my plan is to just never have what they spend their money on fit our criteria for <laughs> the grant. Okay. Uh, but we'll still give out the awards and then it'll be big deals. And if we give them to, like, you know, big podcasts and they say, hey, I just won this award uh, from the creators of the XYZ podcast, mm. uh, get our names out there. And then I'm thinking, like, you're three or four, then we award it to ourselves. <laughs> Um, it feels a little bit like a hustle, but <laughs> I'm up for it. <laughs> yeah. uh, plan number two, uh, we need to get on uh, the, the red carpet warpath and <laughs> start talking it up on, on every red carpet. I don't know if Pony has a red carpet, but if they do, just roll it out. It's probably not red anymore. <laughs> uh, I need, I'm going to be at every water cooler talking just, that up. What have you... <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> he doesn't work here. <laughs> I don't know, but I want to check out that podcast he's yeah. talking about. You can see that. Uh, plan number three is I release a sex tape. Because <laughs> I got a weird one. You mean another one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this one's night vision, and uh, you can tell that the guy's buddy is robbing me. <laughs> so I figured that might, uh, you know, encourage a little curiosity. Yeah, sure. I don't. I mean, it worked for Paris Hilton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these are all great ideas. So, we'll 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 toss them around and see which one sticks. Okay. You know, uh, and they're not mutually exclusive, so I'm more than happy to show my sex tape at water coolers. <laughs> oh, I watched a lot of stuff, actually, over the weekend. I really sort of just cloistered up and, like, kept myself away from society. Oh, my God. That's what December's all about. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, still cold. Like, like, today was, like, the first day that, like, that cold streak broke. I finally... For all these years, got around to watching Rushmore. Oh, like, that's on my list of movies I yeah. want to watch for this sometime. Uh, yeah, it in my mind I had watched like the first half with you actually, and right. I got drunk and fell asleep. Right, uh, and then I feel that I watched like the last half like later on at a friend's place. Mm. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, I've seen the whole thing, just not. In like one go, yeah. And then when I sat down and watched it, I'm like, oh, I saw like the first like ten minutes and <laughs> the last like two and a half minutes. Um, There's a lot that goes on in between there. Yeah, th- there was definitely a lot that I had missed, and there was also like I can remember so vividly the scenes that were in the initial trailer, mm-hmm. like the uh, television commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just remember like those scenes are etched in my head so much because like I don't know if. That movie was advertised to like exactly my demographic, but I yeah I remember seeing that the 
television commercial for it constantly. I don't remember the trailer for that. I'd have to look at it. Yeah. But I remember seeing it and wanting to go. I dragged my parents to it. Oh, really? Weirdly enough, yeah, because it came out when I was 18 or 19. Yeah. And they were visiting me while I was in college. And I said, I want to see this movie. (laughs) Which I remember walking away thinking, wow, I love that. And they just kind of had their, (laughs) wow, that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if Wes Anderson really translates through generations. Yeah. I saw some movies, too. Yeah. I watched um, Everybody Wants Some. Oh, yes. You had feels for that one. I had some feels. Yeah. Um, there was a large portion of the movie where I just, I wasn't on board. Oh, yeah. And oh, I was yeah. just sort of like... Why do I care? Why should I care about these straight white dudes? Yeah. In the, you know, like, why do I care? And I'll be damned if Richard Linkletter didn't kind of give me a reason to care a little bit at did, the end. See, I never got on board. You never got on board. I never got on board with it. I did a little bit. Uh, just when he's, you know, he's in the in the river with his girl and he's, uh-huh. he's talking about his essay and just like being given a purpose is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that it was kind of like, well, that's a, that's a valid point, but, um, it's hard to be, it's hard to support a movie that basically the premise or the final line of it is, you know, white guys have feelings too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I like Linkletter and so like my criticism of him always like, it sounds super harsh because I think he, he makes great movies. He does. Like pretty consistently. He makes great movies. I wasn't big on Everybody Wants Some, but, like, my criticism is his, like, his movies are all just, like, cis, hetero, white, male, going through the world. Like, every single one of his movies is, like, that at the center of it. Even, like, his more, like, you know, Waking Life, it's still, like, I mean, that's kind of plotless, I guess, if you really get down to it, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, like, none of them stray far from just, like, yeah, the life of, you know, straight white dudes. Exactly. Uh, and there's there's so many good things to say about his movies, too. <laughs> yeah. But I, like, this one really just kind of left me with that same feeling in my mouth of, like, <sighs> I just, there's so many stories like this. And, yeah, you're telling it differently and well, but I don't, I just can't get on board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was disappointing because I, I did, I loved Boyhood so much. Yeah. Uh, like, just, like, the, it's one of those rare movies where, like, the concept and, like, the delivery are equal. Like, usually, like, when you read a cool concept, like, especially about, like, the making of a movie, mm-hmm. the movie itself usually is shit. Yeah. Like, and this is, like, that was one of those rare times where it was, like, the concept was awesome and then the movie was awesome as well. Yeah, it really worked. Um... And I, I remember I wondered, I was like, is he just, like, after Boyhood, I'm like, is he just going to go back to making normal movies now? <laughs> like, this was such a feat. Yeah. And I'm like, can he just, and the answer is yes. Yeah. Like, he just went back to making, like, the sequel to Dazed and Confused. Yeah. And I will say, like, one of the reasons his movies are so enjoyable is that they feel so effortless. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even feel like he's trying. Yeah. And it's cool to look at i mean like you kind of there's just like a a vibe that he's able to get and it's really easy to just sit back and say oh i'm gonna just enjoy this you know yeah uh one thing and i, I think i realized while watching boyhood is like he's from texas mm-hmm. like austin i think yeah i would imagine um and like really to like get anywhere in texas you have like a 90 minute drive at least <laughs> like, yeah and so i realized like his movies like they're heavy on dialogue and they're heavy on music 
And I was like, oh, I mean, that's probably just how he learned to, like, entertain himself. Like, he was on a drive. He was either talking with his buddies. Yeah. Or, like, he was listening to music the whole time. Yeah. Uh, Good point. So I just feel like that must be, like, where he, like, got that sort of feel for the movies. Because, like, yeah, he's got heavy dialogue and he's got heavy specific era of music, too. Yeah. And he so. likes to play with time. So. Yeah. 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 We've got your number, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> that lead guy was just... Yeah, I was going to say, let's not put this down without saying that there's some hot dudes in that movie, and it's a yeah. bunch of them just running around, and you get to see a bunch of them naked at some points, at least like yeah. from the backside, so it's like, okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> I'll finish this movie. <laughs> They're all wearing little short shorts from the 70s, or are shirtless because it's hot. Yeah. So, I mean... Or those tight baseball pants. Yeah, I'm not going to complain all the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, I still sat through the whole thing. Yeah. So. It's torture. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'll still see whatever he does next. I'm sure I will, too. I'm not going to... He's only temporarily, you know, in the... I don't even know what term I'm looking for. You know, in the timeout corner? Where do you put something when you're... <laughs> It's not a doghouse situation because he didn't like fuck up or anything. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I'm sure the movie was exactly what he wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> just the reflect on what you've made. Yeah, the, the, it, I don't know. The movie's just like the perils of being like young, white, and attractive. Yeah. I give him a B plus and say next time try harder. How about that? <laughs> personal horror favorites, Return of the Living Dead. Um, and it's a, a perennial favorite of mine. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I you know, worked in retail for many, many years. And one Christmas Eve, you know, after, you know, the last day uh, of being open in, in the Christmas season, I went home and I was just like, oh, I just, I want a palate cleanser from all, like, the Christmas music and, like, the rush <laughs> of the crowd and just, like, the angry people, like, shopping angrily for relatives <laughs> that they hate. Like, I just, I wanted something to just wash that taste out of my mouth. So, uh, even though I'd seen the movie, like, already a hundred times at that point, I was like, this seems like the right thing to watch. So it's, like, Christmas Eve, and I was, like, home alone at the time. Uh, my boyfriend at the time was, like, with his family, you know, visiting his family for the holidays. Okay. So, yeah, it was just me, like, home alone, and I don't know, it was just the perfect <laughs> movie for, like, that sort of, like, burnt out, like, just had Christmas crammed down my throat for, you know, a month at that time, and it just seemed like the perfect thing to, to relieve all that pressure and stress. Well, Matt, I want to tell you something. Uh... I 100% agree. Yeah. I, today, th we're recording this before Christmas, just so everybody knows, and I finished up all my Christmas holiday shopping okay. today, Okay. and it was hell, and I hate it. I really hate this season. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, but uh, I got home, and I, had to, I still had to watch this today, and I put it on, and it was immediately, I, smi <laughs> I was smiling, and was like, yeah, this is what I need. This is... 
this is what I need right now. <laughs> yeah, there's something about it. Like, it's it's sort of goofy and silly, but it's it doesn't... It takes itself seriously, but it itself is sort of goofy and yeah. silly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and yeah, and just like the music, like, it's got that sort of, like, mm-hmm. synth-heavy 80s vibe that I love. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, it's got the right type of gore. And it's yeah. got the like the right type of like crude humor and like kind of like slapsticky humor and I don't know it just it washes away like <laughs> all that like cookie cutter Christmas crap. Yeah, it's really the anti Christmas movie in yeah. a, the best way. Yeah. <laughs> um. So because I've seen this movie so many times, I decided to watch it with commentary. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you're probably gonna have fun facts then. Some most of the fun facts are are on IMDb. Uh, I try not to regurgitate too many of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote a few down, but... Um, but one thing is... So the movie, the the, sh- the shooting only lasted for six weeks. They got the whole movie done in six like, oh, shots. Well, I six didn't weeks. see that. Um, but I guess it was a really, really stinky set. <laughs> like, uh, one thing is uh, the tank, uh, when they, like, hit it at the beginning and, like, gas leaks out. Sure, sure. Uh, it's this yellow gas, and I guess, like, the prop people like they're like the only way that you can like get yellow gas that like you know looks legit on film is to use sulfur oh man and Dan O'Ban was like yeah whatever just do it <laughs> and like <laughs> it's not that like sulfur itself just like smells bad it's that it has like a stink that sticks yeah so they had to like if the cameras weren't running after that like they had to run the fans going uh-huh. otherwise the whole set just reeked of sulfur. Like, they could not get the scent out. Uh, so, yeah, any scene in that basement, like, people's, like, eyes were watering, like, between takes. It'd be fun to go to a smell vision version of this where they just had, like, sulfur piped in the whole time. Um, but, yeah, anytime, like, you saw smoke, so there's, like, a couple times where you see smoke and, like, they had to use sulfur to, like, get, like, the yellow smoke smell. Okay. Every time it was just horrible. Gross. Um, yeah, hats off to the effects people for this movie. Yeah. Um, they're just, they're great. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much all the way through, I would say. Oh, yeah. Two of the people I found out, uh, went on to have huge careers. Oh, okay. Um, one, the one who does Tarman, which I know is a, uh, a difficult name, which isn't quite <laughs> right, because I don't know what he's covered in, but, um, anyway, uh, his name is Alan Trout, Troutman. He was okay. the, the guy who was doing it. Oh, okay. Um, Went on to work for the Muppets later. Oh, really? Including doing the facial stuff for Fran from Dinosaurs, <laughs> who, as we all know, is voiced by Jessica One Walter. Jessica Walter, yeah. So, there you go. Just wanted to drop that in. Um, and the other one was the the half corpse, the half lady corpse. That's oh, on yeah. Um, With the spinal cord that leaked fluid. Indeed, yeah. And it was like you could hear it hitting the table, yeah. which was crazy. Uh, was designed and run by someone named Tony... Oh, shoot, I can't read my... Tony Gardner. Okay. Um, and he went on to... After this movie, went on to do things like 127 Hours, the oh, whole arm okay. scene there, and there was a a scene in Three Kings where there's a bullet that yeah, goes in. Yeah, I know in. exactly what you're talking about. And apparently he was interviewed by police for that because they thought it was a real bullet going into a cadaver. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he had to, like, show them step-by-step step how he did This is according to Wikipedia, but okay. um, I'm going to believe it. That sounds that sounds <laughs> awesome. Um, he also worked really closely with Daft Punk and designed their helmets. Oh, crazy. I know. Oh, People wow. People have some successful careers after this movie. 
you know who didn't go on to have a successful <laughs> career? Who's that? Uh, the naked punk rock chick. <laughs> hey, Matt. <laughs> yeah? Did you by any chance notice what color her hair was? <laughs> I'll leave that right there. <laughs> um, it, it was a, a, a sort of a light wine colored, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yeah. 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 Um, Certain varietal. So Dan O'Bannon said that he only envisioned like guys going to see the movie, which uh-huh. is why he got her naked. And then he was like, oh, well, if I'd known so many girls were going to this, I would have had Tommy get naked. Yes! <laughs> Yes, thank you, Dan. <laughs> uh, which, I, you know, makes me wish that he had directed the sequel. There are at least two sequels to this movie. I've seen number three, and it's awful. <laughs> uh, I've not seen number two. Um, it seems like a hard thing to continue on. Yeah, well, it ends on the cliffhanger. Like, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. But then, like... How how much bigger do you make it? You know, because well, all you would have to do is expand it. Right? Number three is decidedly smaller. There's only like a zombie woman. Oh, it's, I don't remember the plot. It was really bad though too. Um, There's a lot of interesting zombie tropes that they played with and didn't play with in this movie. Like um, being bitten by a zombie doesn't make you a zombie. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, apparently, this is the first movie that says brains. Yeah, the zombie saying brains. <laughs> Yeah. Also, they call them zombies. Yeah. At one point in this movie, which is interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's at like the beginning when he's like talking about uh, Night of the Living Dead. Right. Yeah. Um, and these zomb- I get this is the first movie where the zombies uh, move fast, like they run. That's true. Yeah. Uh, which I guess was like a big to do. Like the producers of the film were like, "Why are they running?" And he's like, "I want to do something different." Yeah. Um, and they talk. I don't think zombies ever talked in previous films. Yeah, not really. They have, like, intelligence and yeah. strength for not They're having... They're cunning, muscles. really. Yeah. Like, the one that, like, calls in backup, like, more ambulances <laughs> and stuff. Like... <laughs> yeah, It's funny because it's, you know, it's funny, silly, but it's also, um... I don't know, it's, it's kind of smart, too, because they're... It's also scary. So. Yeah, yeah. If a zombie would be able to think yeah. in that way. So... Um, but yeah, the, the chick that gets naked, like her, if you look at her movie career, it's all just like nudie monster movies. (laughs) That's too bad. I didn't write down her name, but her character name is Trash, which is fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I did have a question though, is like this group of teenagers that we're following around, uh, how, how did this group become friends? Yeah, I want to see this origin story. They seem like they hate each other. <laughs> they also seem like they're one of every type of 80s stereotype. <laughs> That's true. You got, like, the new wave, kid, new wave kid, you got the metalhead, you got, like, punk rock chicks and valley girls. Like, it's just, like, one <laughs> of every kind. They're just all hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they definitely don't actually seem that friendly towards one another. <laughs> it's like they're the last... Six teenagers in uh, wherever this was, New Jersey or whatever, and they just all have to make like do. When Trash was getting naked, someone said, oh, Trash is doing it again. <laughs> like, this is a common occurrence. Oh, yeah. Just... My note I wrote when that happened was, well, I guess she just likes being naked. Yeah. Oh, I didn't really explain it. Um, we talked about the soundtrack a little bit, which is really... Oh, yeah. I mean, the soundtrack is just... Bumping. Yeah. Like, they pick a cramp song, but it's a really bad cramp song. 
Yeah. So, like, um, but if I remember correctly, like the 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 lyrics kind of fit the tone okay. of the movie. If I remember correctly, I don't remember. Um, I do. You know, uh, I like that song. Um, Make love till we die. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, just like the synth score at the beginning. Yeah, that's a great theme. I didn't. I didn't look up who wrote that. Do you know that by any chance? Uh, I did, but it was someone I'd never heard of. Mm, okay. What's Thanks. your favorite part of this movie? My favorite part. Do you have a favorite moment in it? Um. So I guess it doesn't count as like just like one part alone, but I feel Dan O'Bannon. Like he directs it that like you see all these things in the beginning, like you're getting introduced around, like the mortuary. Okay. And then. Once like the gas is out mm-hmm. and things start reanimating, it's like right before they kind of realize what's happening. Uh, it's like uh, you know you're introduced to the half dogs, right? Uh, and then the half dog is animated, and, right? Uh, and then there's like the butterflies that are pinned, right? And it's like you see those in the beginning, and then like the next time you see them, like they're yeah, uh, which I guess was just done like they just had paper butterflies, and there's just a guy right off camera like. <laughs> waving like a big sheet of metal like, getting them to flap <laughs> that's funny they didn't have to do that too you know <laughs> yeah. so that's cool uh so it, it's just like that little those little touches that like it shows that like something's off without them having to say anything about it mm-hmm. like they obviously talk about the dogs but like the butterflies in particular it's like he just has them like in the foreground sort of moving and yeah I, stuff like that i just thought it was like really well done, really interesting way of, of, you know, making things look visually interesting while the characters kind of realize what's happening. Sure. There was, um, there were a lot of little, um, nuggets in there. Like, I mean, just the opening shot is of the warehouse is you need a, what's the name of the company? Uh, uh, yeah. it's a medical supplies company. It's called like, you need a something, yeah. which is kind of funny. You need it. We've got it. Um, and then there was the eye chart in the... Um, yeah, it's like Bert is a slave driver. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the eye exam charts where... Yeah. That's a, that's a good little detail. And, they, and he leaves it on the screen long enough for you to realize that it's off. Yeah. So then you're like, wait a minute, what does that say? Yeah. Whereas like, you know, because sometimes you see these visual gags and they're like, if you pause it at just the right second, yeah. you can you can see it. But it's like... That he meant... Yeah, there's plenty of time for you to know. This is my first viewing and I saw it. So it's like... That's uh, that's fun. Listening to the commentary, uh, I don't know how many movies at the time did this, but they had to film some scenes multiple times because they needed a television version of the movie. Oh, I saw this too, yeah. Uh, and Tommy's jacket in the movie version, it says, fuck you on the back. <laughs> and on the television version, version it says, television version right. on the back. Uh, but Dan O'Bannon was like, we shot a television version of this? <laughs> uh, like, the production assistant, or designer whoever was like doing the commentary with him was like yeah it was pretty calm back in the day you'd shoot the same couple things like i think i just shot the television version scenes once and then we just moved on <laughs> like he's like i did not care about the television version. so if you see the television version of the movie it might not be yeah. as good yeah probably not oh, what a bummer um yeah so i guess the brains that they used were calf brains i thought so is this true because i saw that on the on the IMDb oh, page on the trivia yeah. that he ate some of them. Yeah, is that where you got this, or did he say this? In the... he, he said it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah. Go ahead, say it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh no, no problem. I was gonna say that uh, adding to the the stench on sets, <laughs> they had to like go somewhere else, like 
they had to go shoot on location. Uh-huh. So they left the calf brains just like right outside the lot over oh. the weekend. And so like when they came back, like not only were they still like suffering from sulfur smell, but they had rotten calf brains. Oh, right <laughs> come on. So yeah, like just adding to the, the stinkiness of <sighs> shooting. But you know, as an actor, you can use that, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, they had, had they had to look sickly, so you know, you just take a whiff of that, and I'm yeah. sure it would. I imagine the tar man is smelly. Yeah, hell. yeah. I like the way the tar man moved. Me too. Like, it was so creepy. Like and a rag doll. I gotta say, so I'm glad I, I saw this movie as uh, you know, thirty something, because it combines the two things that used to scare me the most in the video section the horror video section when I was a kid. Okay. Um, which is skulls and eyeballs oh. together for some reason. I, I, and specifically, the Evil Dead 2 cover Oh yeah. used to freak the fuck out of me okay. at, when I was a kid. Um, and ever since then, whenever I see skulls with eyeballs, I just, I just get like a, a very visceral response. Okay. <laughs> visceral scare response. And so Tarman is a great yeah. example of, ugh. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I used to go to Blockbuster, you know, with my, my dad primarily, and there's certain DVD covers for horror movies, or actually they weren't DVDs. Yeah, time, VHS. VHS <laughs> um, that like still stick out. Like I would always walk by the horror section. Uh-huh. Me too. Uh, but I was always like too scared to like actually like pick up one of the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder if like younger kids will like remember like scrolling through netflix and like the horror maybe section yeah stuff because i definitely remember rosemary's baby in the horror section uh-huh. like the green cover with like the carriage and like some weird rocky cliff mountain type thing yep i definitely remember uh troll 2 <laughs> definitely what's the what's that cover i don't know if i can picture it uh it was i don't know it, it, it maybe it was troll 1 now that i think about it but no, it was definitely Troll 2. It, I think it was like the staircase picture that just never actually appears in the movie. <laughs> um, and yeah, there, there was a couple other ones now. I don't remember them right off the bat, but yeah. For me, it's Critters oh, okay. was one, even though it didn't scare me. That was actually like a little reprieve in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Evil Dead 2, which Nightmares and... There's probably another one in there. Chud was one I always remember seeing. Chud. <laughs> Cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. Uh-huh. Whew, that movie's not good. <laughs> I've never seen it, so... It Apparently, a... he, uh, Dan O'Bannon was a supervising uh, person on the design of the Chuds. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. There's a Chud 2 uh, that someone told me is better than Chud 1. I'm just hesitant. I don't know if you can make it there. Yeah, I don't know if I can go through the Chud franchise. You know, the Chud head? Is that what they're called? I think they're called Chodes. Oh. Chuddies? <laughs> I mean, the more respectable ones are called Chudders, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What else is good about this movie? Um, I mean, there, it's just really nice attention to, to detail. It's like they actually cared about making something that was... Like, gory, but, like, not OTT gory. Like, you yeah. know, tastefully gory. Yeah. Um, and they just, like, they put a lot of emphasis just on, like, little things that can really give a movie personality. Just, like, 
costumes and makeup and sets and things like that. Like, I don't know, they really put, like, you know, a lot of effort into, like, making, like, yeah, the, the characters look cool or the, you know, the uh, gore look memorable. Yeah. You know? There was, I, I remember kind of settling in about 20 minutes into this movie because I was going to be, like, the real analytical and, like, pick apart the logic of the movie, blah, blah, blah. But then I realized, like, I'm actually just having a lot of fun. Yeah. So I just kind of, I kind of gave up on that and was just going to start finding the good, the things I liked about it because um, it's just enjoyable. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, some of the acting is painful. Some of the dialogue is stupid, but it's like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. You know, you're just, you're just having so much fun with, like, the pacing is good and there's lots to look at. It's really colorful. Um, and I guess we should talk about Dan O'Bannon, too, because he's had quite the career. Yeah. Um, he wrote and directed the movie. He's best known for writing Alien. Right. Um, but he's written, like, a couple of other things, too. Like, I think he wrote Aliens as well. Oh, or maybe it was just that. characters. Um, and, yeah, like, he, he had, like, a, a pretty successful film writing career, and this is, like, yeah. one of his few uh, directing... directing uh, moments he and did. he really hits it out of the park and uh I, I feel like the writing in it like is pretty good like there's a lot of just really kind of excellent foreshadowing like when you get over to like the actual like morticians yeah like uh ernie, ernie no, yeah. yeah ernie there's a bert and an ernie exactly yeah <laughs> um and you get over there and, and he sort of explains like what happens to your body like when it dies, and he talks about, like, blood pooling up, right. and, like, when the rigor mortis is setting in, and, like, him explaining all that then, like, sets it up nicely for them when, like, Tommy and... What's the other dude's name? I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, when Tommy and the other guy are poisoned, mm-hmm. and it's, like, those things start happening to them, like, you get it in your head, like, oh, they're dying, and he gets that big bruise on his back, and yeah. like, they're having trouble moving, and... Yeah. Yeah, it, it just... I don't know, the writing was... It's, like... He, he knows how to foreshadow really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of plays into, like, when, like, the butterflies were coming alive. It's like he was doing a lot of visual uh, foreshadowing. And then in his writing, there was also foreshadowing, too. So you kind of had, like, a nice bam-bam of yeah. visual and literal foreshadowing in, in the movie. I have a question. Yes. Do, is this... Because I know that uh, Dan O'Bannon had the rights to Living Dead somehow. Okay. I can't remember the why that was. Um, but um, is this the first movie with Living Dead in the title since Night of the Living Dead? Um, it might be. Boy, I don't know. I didn't even, I hadn't looked that up. Because uh, Romero went on to do several other good yeah. zombie movies but they none of them said living dead yeah because there's day of the dead dawn of the dead and then he just like you know got rid of the living part of it the only thing i, I can think of is living dead girl the uh, rob zombie song <laughs> it's after, it's from a movie oh, okay <laughs> um but i remember seeing it and I, I didn't know that there was any sort of copyright issue around it had dead. yeah it had something to do with i want to say dan o'bannon you know i'm not even gonna speculate <laughs> i'm sure i'm gonna get it wrong but for some reason, he had the rights to continue. Okay. Like they or they had no, they had worked together. Okay, I got it now. They had worked together, uh, Dan O'Bannon and Romero to make a uh, sequel to make this sequel, and uh, for some reason Romero dropped out, but 
Dan O'Bannon retained retained the rights to do that oh, okay. to, to use Living Dead. I think. Ooh, <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> Please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I'm sure that there are people out there who care very deeply for this movie and oh, yeah. know the facts more than I do. Oh yeah, uh, this is because yeah, it was like the third movie that I watched on Saturday, and I remember I was looking up IMDb trivia on like all three of the movies, and this one had like by far the most trivia. Yeah. <laughs> like, even though, like, I, I don't even want to say, like, it, it's the most famous movie that I watch. I think, like, because the other one that I looked up was, like, Rushmore. I think there's a fair amount of trivia, but this one had, like, a lot of trivia. Yeah, people really care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just, it strikes me as the, the type of movie that people hold dear to their hearts. I could see that. Yeah. Like, if I had, if this movie had come out when I was uh, in my early 20s or so, I could see seeing it a few times in the theater, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, especially, like... If, if it was during a time when, like, seeing a movie in a the theater was, like, the only time you'd be able to see it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were heady days. Yeah, the 80s. So. Man, what did movies cost then? This must have cost, like, three bucks to see. Probably, because I remember, like, seeing, like, Jurassic Park and stuff. And yeah. that was, like, 98. Or no, 93. Uh, 93, yeah. I was eight. <laughs> um... And like I remember seeing a matinee that was like five seventy five or five and a quarter or something yeah, like that. That sounds about right. Uh, so this yeah it came out you know ten years previous eighty four. So yeah, which probably like three four bucks. Yeah. So totally worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, especially in today's money, I just go. live in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? But and I usually don't like too much comedy in my horror. Mm-hmm. But this, I don't, there's something about this balance that it does it just right. Like, Shaun of the Dead's good, and it, which I feel is like a comedy movie with horror elements to it. Agreed. Whereas I feel like this was a horror movie with comedy uh, a lot of comedy elements to it. But yeah, it was like horror first, comedy second. Sure. Uh, Although, well, I don't know. I guess there was like one or two moments where I got a little jump scare in there. But um, not enough to throw the iPad across the room or anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm already, like, it takes a lot to, like, for a movie to actually scare me. Mm-hmm. So, for me, like, judging a movie on scariness, like, that's not a good metric for me. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all zeros. <laughs> like, I remember I got really scared when I saw The Descent in theaters. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I remember I was, like, sitting in theaters, because I don't even... Are you claustrophobic? Yeah, oh my god, that, yeah, that scene, I was like... I was like, am I going to have to leave the theater? Like, is this movie too scary for me? <laughs> uh, I remember the first time I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I got scared. Mm. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre just makes me... I, the only, I watched it once, and all I can remember is just screaming. It's a lot of screaming. It's just like a constant scream. I The part that scared me, though, was like at the end when it gets really twisted. Like, the just jump out and like stab you with a chainsaw part. Like, mm-hmm. that part, that stuff didn't scare me so much. But it's like the girl's like tied down in the chair and they're trying to get like grandpa to like hit her in the head with the hammer. And yeah. It's just so strange. And like they cut her finger and like, uh, it's just, <laughs> that's when I'm like, okay, this is now getting too weird for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, and that is just not, as much as I love horror movies, like there's not many of them that actually kind of like give me a fright. Oh, so in the beginning, there's, uh, they're talking about the perfect teeth on the skeletons. Uh-huh. Uh, and Dan O'Bannon said that, like, they did some, like, research, and, like, that is a real thing. Like, that's why he put it into the script. Oh, interesting. Um, 
and that most of these skeletons with perfect teeth came came from India. Like they had the market cornered on. That's a real thing, huh? It, it, it was, I guess, a couple of years ago. Uh, India stopped doing it, and mm. they didn't really say why. Uh, but yeah, Dan O'Ban just said that like he read an article about how like India will no longer be exporting human cell- skeletons for sale, and then he just started thinking. He's like, okay, what type of person has perfect teeth? A young person. So he like actually thought that it was like a black market thing. But, like, yeah, <laughs> like they take their teeth and put them in skulls. Well, no, they would just kill people and sell their skeletons. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I made it needlessly complicated. <laughs> but yeah, so he feels that yeah, India actually had like a black market ring for like killing people with perfect perfect teeth. Jeez, and then sending their body to American schools. How do you? I mean, how do you go about figuring out if they have perfect teeth? Nice smile. I don't know. It seems like you'd have to really get in there before you could tell. Yeah. You know, how do you know? It's not like a bridge or falses or... I, I would interview some dentists. <laughs> yeah. That's right, start. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe they had an in uh, on some Indian dentists. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, that one over there. <laughs> 24... Beautiful, you know. You're gonna want this patient hands over <laughs> <Yeah>. a folder. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I think we're onto something here. Yeah, you want to move to India, start this market back yeah. up again? No, no, no. I want to be one of the crime solvers. <laughs> <laughs> we're a crime solving duo now. <laughs> I, I thought you were trying to <laughs> figure out ways to make more money. <laughs> I think I say we should probably well, go someplace where they haven't, you know soused out these criminals go someplace with looser regulations i guess if we find a we'll just i mean we'll just have to interview some dentists and then we'll just play it whichever way we want so if it's like dentists of loose morals yeah if we see some that are really interested and eager to you know just hand over files we could maybe blackmail them into giving us money (laughs) i was gonna say say, we're with the maybe we should dexter it and like study these people and find out who are evil uh-huh. And then kill them and then sell their skeletons. <laughs> oh, this podcast but... took a turn. <laughs> well, towards even. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have some ideas. The potties. (laughs) That's my only idea. (laughs) Because I knew you wouldn't disagree. Yeah, I mean... Nothing else (laughs) sounds better than winner of two potties. Uh, This is some quality cast. (laughs) This is just... We're going to get a potty for this. I suppose it helps that we're doling them out, but... <laughs> oh, man. I think we're having too much fun on these. <laughs> do we need to get serious again? <laughs> yeah, we need to do another sweet hereafter. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you have on the docket for me? <sighs> I don't know. I have... I, I'm torn between two movies, and I can't decide which direction I want to go. Well, I have a coin tap... 
Toss app on my phone that we can use. Oh, that might be called for at this point. They're just they're they're uh, my phone's just over there next to my quarters. <laughs> Better use the app. <laughs> well, here's my thinking. Okay. Um, there's a there's a movie I really want to get on here in the first ten episodes. Okay. Um, but I'd be willing to pass on it because I'm realizing we haven't done anything that that was done earlier than 1975. Okay. So I w- there's part of me that wants to do like a classic film, just to throw that in there. Classic. I know, I know, I know. So now I'm thinking maybe I should just scrap that idea and we'll get to that later. Sure. Mm. Okay, so the movie I want to do, <laughs> and I've made you watch this already, but um, okay. I feel like I feel like talking about it, okay. um, is Mother. Oh, okay. Not yeah. the Albert Brooks 1996 Schmaltzfest, the, uh, the- Bong Joon-ho yeah. Thriller. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, it's about it's about ten years old now, something like that. <sighs> really? Man, maybe. No. It came out last decade, I think. Two thousand eight, maybe. Did it really? And I feel that seems way too old. Mm, I'll look it up real fast. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind rewatching. Two thousand ten. Okay, so six six years old. Seven years, yeah. Yeah, I revisited it mm, about two years ago. After initially seeing it, the the year it came out or the year after it came out, and I still think it's one of maybe one of my favorite movies. Um, I just I just really want to like it and want to talk about it. And I think not enough people have seen it because every time I bring it up, people no one's ever heard of it. So you just bring up the Albert Brooks movie. Yeah, <laughs> I like I love that my mom. <laughs> no, um, I, I, we'll talk about it next week, I guess. But uh, you're a big fan of that director, pretty much. Through and through. Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we can talk a little bit more about his body of work as a whole mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. next week. I'd be excited to do that. Uh, I wanted to give a couple shout-outs if I can real fast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, our ongoing redhead discussion. Oh, yeah. Hashtag this episode. <laughs> um my friend Emily, who's listening, been listening, um, the other day I just got a text from her that just said, Michael fucking Fassbender. Oh, okay. Redheaded A-lister. And so that's why I texted you. Oh, okay. Is Michael Fassbender a redhead? We, we, so we took this question <laughs> to the people. Um, 50% said Dodoy. Uh, 50% said aesthetically no. So... I personally, I, I, I didn't vote in the poll. I wanted to remain partial. <laughs> um, but I put no. Uh, or I would have put no. Yeah. I, like, it's it's it seems like a dark, rich brown, yeah. but not red. I don't know where I land on this, because I, I went online immediately after she texted that and was looking at pictures of him. And there's definitely some red, heady pictures. Yeah. And there's interviews where he's talking about his carpet matching the drapes which are red apparently um and so i feel like i've seen that carpet though yeah we have i mean (laughs) if you've seen shame it's right there uh so i don't know i don't know if that qualifies or not yeah because uh i don't remember which episode we initially talked about hollywood's redhead prejudice it was a long one a long time ago (laughs) yeah it was one of the first three Uh and uh one of my redheaded friends hi josh had said, like, you know, uh, appreciated that we broached the subject. Yeah. And, like, he said, like, that he even, like, Googled, like, redheaded 
celebrities mm-hmm. and that Michael Fassbender was on there. And he's like, I do not agree with this pick. Yeah. Even if he was, though, you'd have to you have to admit that shame is troublesome casting because he's a sexual problem um, <laughs> as a redhead, and then also Prometheus, he's the bad guy. So sort of like I don't know. Yeah. It's it, even if Magneto, even if he is yeah, even if he guy. is a leading man, it's, it's we've got casting issues here. He so. was he was the the slaveholder in Twelve Years a Slave. See. <laughs> um, it is everywhere, and once you start to look for it. The other thing I wanted to point out just real fast um, is that uh, there, there's a person who runs a website that is dedicated to um, the Phantom of the Paradise um, mm. merch stuff. Um, they have a website called theswanarchives.org, and they wrote us uh, a really great email about our podcast Yeah. Um, on that particular film and so i just wanted to put that put that person's website out there i didn't say i didn't ask if i could say their name so that's why i'm being very vague about that part um but uh yeah we'll have a a link on uh the facebook page and we'll we'll put it out on twitter good idea um but yeah it was just it was a really cool site and like it's sort of nice to know that like Especially for like a movie like Phantom of the Paradise, that there it there's there's this long lasting appreciation for it. Yeah. Like in the email, the guy like talked about. I'm assuming it was a guy. I, I don't, don't know. <laughs> um, they talked about like seeing the movie like in theaters like way back. Yeah. And, like during its initial release and stuff like that. So it's just cool that that movie has like inspired that like level of like fandom and appreciation like throughout the years and. They knew so much about the movie. They answered like all of the questions that yeah. they had. Uh, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was it was really nice. That that was a, a very much appreciated email. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, archivist. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get that stuff up uh, so that other people can see it. Because yeah, like the website was really cool yeah. and informative. Swan Archi- SwanArchives.org. and you should check it out. It's huge. Yeah. We got all sorts of stuff on there. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, those are the two things I just wanted to get out there. Yeah, I think all I wanted to talk about was, uh, my plans on more exposure. <laughs> and, uh, for the podcast. For the podcast. Not... And in life. <laughs> Not like that wheelchair guy from The Exorcist 3, right? <laughs> <laughs> just wheels up slowly but surely and then, wow, <laughs> full frontal. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, no. Do we, I, we have Twitter. Whatever. We're done. <laughs> <laughs>